0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. We also want to extend a welcome back to Yeri. Jerry. Yeah. Uh, who just got back from Guatemala.
0: Yeah, her second tour of duty with yeah. Uh, Co-Ed.
1: Yeah, she just got back.
0: Yeah, you know what? Quickly, Josh, I should mention, because I promised Ann I would do this, Coed ed uh, still has their text donation campaign going. Oh,
1: yeah? You can still do it.
0: Yeah, they left it open. So if you want to um, buy um, school books for life for a Guatemalan child, mm-hmm. you can do that for $5 by texting the word stuff to 20222. Very nice. And text and data rate supply and all that gobbledygook. But yes, we would raise a lot of money, and, and it's still open. So she said, you should remind people from time to time. That's great, Chuck. So then Jerry just came back all like rosy from Guatemala again. I know. she's That country got under her skin. Yeah. Yeah. Now she's getting under its skin. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> oh, I know what it means. <laughs> so Chuck.
1: Yes. um, Are you familiar with the state of California? I live there. Yes, you did, didn't you? Yeah. Um, well, cali has got a proposition on the ballot this November, right? Uh, have you heard of Prop 19? I have. Prop 19 would make, if California passes it, it would make California the first state to legalize marijuana consumption by adults. Yeah. What's on the ballot right now on Prop 19 is if you're over 21, you'd be able to possess and consume and make a hat out of uh, up to an ounce of marijuana. Yeah. Just like alcohol. It'd be treated much like alcohol. Yeah. Um you wouldn't be you wouldn't be allowed to have it around schools. Sure. At schools. Can't sell it. Can't pick up your kids with like, you know, your ounce tucked in your front pocket or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um but you can also grow it in an area up to twenty five square feet. Really? Yes, you can. From what I saw, this was an outdoor garden. I didn't see anything about indoor gardening. Interesting. Which just so happens to be what this podcast
0: is about. Look at you in your little intro. It's been a while. Oh yeah, it has been. Nice. Sorry for the hiatus. That's right, we're back. So what you were talking about was a grow room if it's a 25 square feet, but what we're gonna talk about. Or it could be a very, very tiny house. Yeah. It could (laughs) be a dwarf house, a dog house. Uh, We're gonna talk about grow houses and Robert Lamb wrote this article. And that's all I need to say. Yeah. So you know it's good? Bam. Yeah. Yeah. He always gets real cheeky in his articles. He does. He I like he that. he
1: started out this article, which is a fine fine article. Um, and if you ever wanted to see a lot of pot plants in an article on HowStuffWorks.com, this is your chance. Sure. Um, uh, he starts out talking about how people like house plants, and you know, if you have a house plant that could net you a thousand dollars after harvesting once, why not do that? And if one can do that, why not dedicate your whole house to growing these plants? And that's pretty much what a grow house is. Yeah,
0: well, but because it's illegal, Josh, that's the answer.
1: That is the answer, actually. Right. And thank you, Chuck. I think we should start this one off by saying, we, house Stuff Works, Discovery, or anybody we're affiliated with, don't endorse Grow houses in any way, shape, or form.
0: No, and this is just about how they operate. That's all. Right. Nothing else. Right. I've got a load of stats. Can we start with that? Let's do it, man. I dug up some stats on marijuana use, uh, Josh, uh, from a UN report. Worldwide, one hundred and forty-seven people. One hundred forty-seven. One hundred and forty-seven million. Oh, okay. People <laughs> use marijuana regularly as of two thousand two and percentage-wise, it has led, guess what country would you think?
1: Percentage, percentage, percentage-wise,
0: Luxembourg. It's a good guess. I would have guessed Jamaica just because I'm an idiot and I'm like, yeah, Bob Marley, right? Uh, Papua New Guinea, 30% of their country regularly uses marijuana. The only country in the world where an outbreak of Kuru <laughs> yeah. has occurred. And uh, followed by Micronesia and Ghana and then I think South Africa was right after that. Hmm. So South Africa is pretty populous. Yeah,
1: wow. They're smoking a lot of weed. That's about, worldwide, that's about 10 times the number of people
0: that smoke it in the U.S., right? Well, there's different stats when you talk about pot use. Um, there's I'll al- bet, you can't leave the potheads to compile decent stats, <laughs> you know? Well, there's always the one stat where they're like, have you ever tried it? And so if you're talking about that, um, 41% of the American population over the age of 12 has tried marijuana one time, 41%. Jarringly, 80% of the population under the age of 12 has tried it.
1: <laughs> Not true. Well, you didn't see that one coming.
0: Not true. Uh, but as far as use, regular use, I think 14.8 million Americans regularly, oh, I'm sorry, I do have that. They use marijuana in the past month, 14.8%, mm-hmm. and 25% of Americans Report that they've used it in the last year at least once.
1: So, don't you always feel bad for that one person who like hasn't used to smoke pot all the time and then quit smoking for years and then smoked it and then like three and a half weeks later is surveyed and is like, (laughs) yes, yes, I have, but really that's not an accurate reflection. It was a college thing, yeah. And then
0: again, three and a half weeks ago, but that was it, right? Yeah, when my college friend visited, right? Exactly. (laughs) So those are the stats on marijuana use. If you're talking grow houses, um, Robert included a couple of cool ones in Humboldt County, California, which Mm -hmm. is known for its good marijuana, and lots of it. They, uh, I think it says 1,000 out of the 7,500 homes in that county are grow homes. Yes. Because they supply a lot of the medical marijuana in California. Yeah,
1: and they enjoy uh, some protection from the government, at least the county government, if not I guess the state government too, because California yeah. has had uh, legalization of medical marijuana since 1996. Yeah. So, but apparently that covers the growers and the sellers, but not the people who transport it.
0: Yeah, which is interesting. It is. Um, which is that's got to be a nerve-wracking job, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? It's like you're the only one left out there. Right. Uh, and I think Vancouver is the other cool stat was in Vancouver, Canada. One out of every five houses is a grow house, they say. Apparently the
1: um, the, the grow house, the the pot growing industry in British Columbia employed an estimated 20,000 to 60,000 people in 2000. Really? And um, their 2000 yield was like $4 billion worth or something wholesale. Jeez.
0: I've got one more stat because I promised an Atlanta stat when uh, we did our prison podcast and Georgia was like the number one in prisons.
1: Either that or you will eventually make
0: that promise. I'm not sure which order we're releasing these, but Atlanta, Georgia, 41% of the people arrested in Atlanta uh, say they have smoked pot within the past month. Arrested for whatever. Really? Yeah, and that leads the the nation. Wow. In the ATL. I had no idea. The Dirty South.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Stone like them white boys smoking them white buds. All right, Josh, grow houses. <laughs> Let's do this. All right, Chuck, if you are a um, grow house operator, like you said, it's not just a grow room you got going. Your entire house is dedicated to growing marijuana. It's a big
0: business. It's a huge business. You're running your own business, essentially.
1: Right, and you have a lot of stuff to pull up, put up with. It's a very high-stress job, especially in areas where it is in no way, shape, or form legal.
0: Which is most places.
1: Not only are you... Um, prime for being robbed by armed gunmen sure, uh, who just want to basically take all your pot or your money. Or unarmed potheads right, who sure. just want all your pot. Rippers is what they're called. Have you ever oh, seen really? um, Homegrown, Billy Bob Thornton?
0: Oh, yeah. Is that what they're called?
1: Yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. Um, let's see. Uh, you've So you've got being ripped off or being shot while you're being ripped off. You've got the cops. Um, you have uh, basically the people who are buying from you yeah that you have to keep happy um but really at the center of this, from what I understand, is the plant right yeah. and it's this isn't just a you, this is not these operations are not just I've got some plants growing around these are in- incredibly intense farming operations oh yeah um very and, sophisticated and they they are very people have figured out what the ideal conditions to grow marijuana is and We will share them now.
0: Yeah, and not only grow marijuana, but they figure out the ideal conditions to grow the most potent, um, the most dense marijuana per plant so you get the maximum bang for your buck when you go to sell later on.
1: Apparently a a well-informed indoor operation produces Mm -hmm. pot with 52% more THC than the stuff grown outdoors.
0: Really? That's what I read. Uh, so Josh, there's a couple of ways you can do this. Um, you can grow it um, in soil, like just a regular old plant, or you can grow it hydroponically, which mm-hmm. is pretty popular these days. Sure. Uh, hydroponics, Josh, is um, you've probably heard th- that name on the news, and if you didn't know what it was, it it means that you're not using soil. It's a plant growing without soil. Right. They use a nutrient-rich water. Yeah, and it's not just pot plants. You can grow anything hydroponically. Right. Or I don't know about anything, but
1: uh, yeah. I think pretty much any plant you could grow hydroponically. Okay. Anybody who's been to e- Epcot has seen hydroponics in action. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I think they grow big old hydroponic tomatoes down there. Oh, really? Yeah. But basically, you're you have you are showing human domination and exploitation over a plant when you grow it without <laughs> soil and <laughs> yeah. just a nutrient-rich solution.
0: Yes. And uh, so, what you're talking about are, are containers and trays, uh, drip systems automated watering systems, or manual. Dehumidifiers? Dehumidifiers. And I mean, these are just a few of the things you need for hydroponics.
1: Well, and not just not just hydroponics, I mean, you're probably gonna need a dehumidifier, a drip irrigation system. Yeah, true. No matter how you're growing, the, the plants can be fairly demanding, right? Yes. Um, and you're also going to need light. Lots of light. Because with a grow house, you'll find, as we keep talking, um, most grow houses are, totally sealed off from the rest of the world. Yeah, for very good reasons. So they, you, they're creating this artificial environment, uh-huh. and th- so there's no sunlight whatsoever that ever touches these plants. Right. Um, it's all basically thousand watt horticulture bulbs, um, and apparently those can sustain 12 to 15 plants. And uh, as Robert puts it into perspective, this is a thousand watt bulb, and the average incandescent light bulb in a house um, runs from 40 watts to 150 watts, right? Chuck, yeah. have you ever turned a, a 150 watt light off and unscrewed it real quick? It's You'll, hot. You, it's very hot, and yeah. that's 150. It's awful. These guys are using 1,000 watt light bulbs, and that's just for 12 to 15 plants, so if you have a couple hundred plants in a house that's sealed off hermetically,
0: it's gonna get kinda hot, right? Yes, it is. Let's talk about those lights for a minute. Okay. A 1,000 watts a piece, what you're doing is trying to mimic the sun, so obviously you want it to be very powerful. Right. And uh, the other thing you're doing is you're, you're affecting how this plant actually grows, the life cycle and the growing and the budding cycle of this plant, you can completely control if you're growing indoors because the sun is not there to get in the way. You can right. fake it all. Yeah, you can use reflectors uh-huh. to get as much um, light as you can so it's, it's being
1: exposed to light directly by the bulb and indirectly from this um, reflective, uh, I guess, material. Yeah. Right? Um, you, I think they've figured out that, uh, what is it, 16 to 18 hour days are optimal to get them
0: started? Yeah, that's the beginning of the, of the growth period.
1: And then when you want your plant to flower, you slow it down, you shorten the days, and then all of a sudden, boop! And this also makes
0: for bigger, denser buds. Yeah, and, it, and for those of you not hip to the cause, <laughs> that's where you—that's that's where the money is. That's is, where the the THC is. Yeah, it's a flowering plant, and the flower is the bud, and it's the female that flowers. Mm-hmm. So all the plants in there in the, in the grow house are female. They weed out all the males, and they're essentially controlling the 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 sun to to an extent where they can produce this super potent pot.
1: Right, and if you. Uh, Look for this article on how stuff works. You will find it very appropriately in the flowering plant sub channel. Is
0: it? Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. This could go in a lot of sub channels. It definitely. Like the adventure channel or entertainment. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you, you <laughs> talked about um, the, the, heat. He, the heat. That the is heat, a big, God, big the problem. Heat.
1: It is a problem. Also, um, Electricity's a big problem too, Chuck, because think about it, remember we said the average incandescent bulb is 40 to 150 watts. Yeah. You're running several thousand watt bulbs, and like your average living room is just wired to handle one. Most living rooms can handle one 1,000 watt bulb, yeah. which means you better know an electrician, A, and B, that electrician better love free pot, because you're <laughs> gonna need to rewire your house.
0: Yeah, rewire the house. A lot of times they'll jack into the, a lot of times they'll hire former or current uh, power company employees to help them out. Current power yeah. company? Oh, very nice, Paulette. And uh, they will, uh, sometimes they will rewire that the home or the grid on that street. <laughs> they will re reroute power to your house which messes everyone else up. Right. And potentially maxes out the, the, the grid in your area. It, yes, it does. It, it could do that.
1: also exposes everybody to electrocution if you didn't use a power company guy and you tried it yourself. Yeah. M- which is a really bad idea. Yes. No matter what you're stealing power for, to grow pot because you don't like paying utility companies, it doesn't matter. Rewiring the electricity that's coming into your house <laughs> yeah. is a
0: really bad idea. Yeah. That's how my granddad died. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, he was... uh he was knocked from a telephone pole. He was an electrician. He wasn't like rewiring for grow houses. <laughs> but he was like 30 feet up on a telephone pole, and you know, you you test out the wire by hitting the back of your hand to it, or you did back then. Because if you do the front <laughs> of your hand, it can grasp a hold of it. Oh, yeah. So he hit it on the back of his hand. It was a live wire, and it knocked him out of the pole, and he landed on his head, and then spent the next like few years in a hospital bed. What? Drooling, and then he died. What? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I was a you, little kid. I didn't know. Much wow, about that.
1: that's the most amazing dead grandfather
0: story I know. I know, very sad. Wow, and I never hardly knew him. So, uh, getting back to the heat, though, um, finally, marijuana. If you have a house, a grow house full of these lights, it could potentially be a hundred degrees Fahrenheit inside your house at night. At night, right. So that's a problem because it's really hot and that's not comfortable. And by the way, that's 38 degrees Celsius. Thank
1: you. For our friends who don't live in Liberia.
0: But uh, it's also a problem because marijuana grows best between 70 and 80 degrees and can do okay up to about 95. If it's a CO2 rich environment, right? Right, and, Which and they you actually have to do artificially.
1: They figured out that that's kind of what you want, I guess from indoor grow houses, these horticulturists have figured out that you do wanna keep it hot because you do want the CO2 environment richer because, again, it produces thicker, denser, bigger buds. Which
0: is bigger money. Again, yes. Uh, and so to combat the heat, though, what they do is they put a lot of a lot of air conditioning units, ventilation fans, uh, to maintain their temperature, and uh, Robert pointed out that one 1,000 watt bulb requires a fan and twenty eight a single fan and twenty eight hundred British thermal units of cooling. Right. And a typical five ton AC unit puts about sixty thousand BTUs out.
1: Right. So your your central AC unit outside of your house yeah, could conceivably handle, you know, a, a small house grow operation, right? Yeah. But it has to run constantly. Which yeah. again means that you are using up the juice.
0: Like and crazy. a fan on each plant. So yeah. if you got two hundred Plants, you got 200 fans running no, on I top think, of the AC I unit. I think
1: that, like, you can assign a fan to a lot more than one plant.
0: Well, if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chuck just proved his innocence.
0: That's right. The other thing that's a problem is, just like any plant that you're growing, is insects and mildew and spores and fungus. I got more on that in a second, but yes. Well, let's hear it. No. Well, the way they combat that, jerk, is uh, charcoal filtration, uh, increasing CO two levels that kill these things. Yeah, it's also good for the plants. Uh,
1: yeah, I thought that was really clever because you think about it: a, an insect needs oxygen to live too, yeah, right? Sure. So you just jack up the CO two levels Blast once a while.
0: Blast Suffocates everything, yeah. and um, but your plants are like, oh yeah, yeah, bring it on, yeah. And uh, the other thing they'll do is they'll just seal it off from the outside world. Right. So you're hermetically getting, sealed off. Yeah, as few p- insects as possible.
1: Yes. So Chuck. Um, not only does sealing off your plants, your whole grow operation, your entire house, mm-hmm. um, from the outside world good for your plants. Number one, uh, you don't have, you, you have completely climate controlled conditions. Yeah, uh, You have a, a natural gas burner to introduce more CO2. You, um, uh, you know exactly what the temperature's gonna be because you know how many lights you have going. Right. You have your AC set to the perfect temperature. Um, it also, Uh, prevents the cops from getting hip to your operation, right? Yeah, because it's illegal. Well, yeah. You mentioned the charcoal filter for outgoing air. You still have to vent your air, right? Yeah, sure. Um, So you, you have a charcoal filter. It's gonna cut down on the smell of pot because, as Robert points out, pot has a very distinctive smell and hundreds of pot plants have a really, really strong distinctive smell, right? Yeah. So. Coffee see, can isn't going to cover that up. No, a, downy or a, a
0: paper towel tube with downy sheets no. in
1: the end? No, that's not going to work.
0: So you're right. They use the, the filtration systems to send the air back out, and hopefully your neighbors are never wise to the fact that their they're person living next door to them or probably isn't even living next door. It's probably just full of marijuana plants. Right. Many times it is.
1: Well, remember you said that you want... Ideally, if you're going to steal electricity, you want a guy from the power company to do it. Um, and one of the reasons why you would steal electricity is um, because the power company will notice yeah. if you have a power bill that's six to seven times the average for a house your size. Yeah. And it's like that every month. Yeah, That's gonna tip them off. Uh, a lot of growers will stagger the days. Like let's say you have a grow house, but your house is, is set up into several different rooms. So each room would represent, sure. you know, you have a day going in one room and then it's nighttime in a couple other rooms and it's starting right. a day in another room, so you're, you're using the least amount of electricity at once, right? Right? Um, and it's staggered. Power companies know to look for that kind of thing. And they'll turn you in. They will. So a lot of growers will um, use generators, right? Uh, but these, first of all, are very expensive, 10,000 to 20,000 bucks, right? yeah that's that's for the the big the big
0: daddy that can like run your whole house
1: right uh, it, uh, apparently a 50 light 50 light thousand watt grow operation mm-hmm. needs about 80 kilowatts, so you do need a big daddy generator. The problem is big daddy generators are super, super loud. yeah, and again, if you are you know not in a rural area which most grow houses are not mm-hmm. out in the sticks just because there's not that many houses out there right? Yeah. They're in the suburbs, so you really have to figure out how to adeptly steal your electricity or you have to figure out how to mask the noise of your generator.
0: Yeah, the other problem with the generator is it can break down. You're not tied to the grid, and if your generator breaks down at the wrong time and you've got $200,000 worth of pot growing in your house, that means your business is in jeopardy. Yeah. So it's a fire hazard. I mean, generator is not necessarily the smartest way to go.
1: No. Um and in the same way that that electricity or the need for electricity presents a problem and a requirement, so too does a need uh, for water, right? You gotta water your plants. Even if you have an extremely efficient system, right, an automatic drip system, Right. you're still going to use a lot more water than you normally would in a house. So number one, you get the water company keeping tabs on this water usage that, that in the house's history has never been even remotely like this. They'll turn you in too. Um, but again, people have figured out how to steal water. Um, those water meters, uh-huh. they actually they're, they're, they have paddles that are spun by the water that's coming into the house. Yeah. So people have figured out that you can drill holes in these paddles so more water passes through than is detected. Crazy. Isn't that just primitively
0: ingenious? Yeah,
1: it is. Yeah.
0: I didn't know that until I read this. Josh, let's talk about managing a grow house. A grow house and how, how you how you would do that. There's a lot of factors because it is a business. Um, you've got a lot of money coming in and out. You've got people you gotta manage.
1: Yeah, I didn't rea- realize this, that a lot of them are set up by secret
0: investors. Yeah. It's not just organized crime no. or really, really ambitious potheads. It's very likely not a very ambitious pothead. If you've got a grow house, like a grow room, maybe so. Mm-hmm but a grow house is very likely run by somebody else in a larger organization.
1: Right, and that person probably will never set foot in that house. Oh no.
0: No. They'll fund it. right With cash that can't be traced back to them, but they will probably never go near it. Right, through a crooked realtor. They probably don't even smoke pot. That's my guess. They look at it like units. Yeah, they're just making money. Sure. Uh, We talked about people that work there. It is not necessarily like the Billy Bob Thornton movie with a dude and his buddies running their grow house. A lot of times it's more nefarious and it's um, someone who has uh, been brought into the country illegally Mm -hmm. to repay a favor for being brought in. They may say, all right, you gotta sort of be our indentured servant here and work at this grow house for so long for this one season or whatever. Right, yeah, there's a big problem.
1: One of the big arguments against the porous border in the south of the US is that coyotes Make people smuggle drugs, act as mules when they're running through the desert. You know, getting into the U.S. Right? They have. They tend to have lots and lots of drugs on them. They're being exploited. I didn't realize that they were forced to manage grow houses too, but that was pretty interesting. Well, it's either that or prostitution. But it's specifically in California, he said. The um, Vietnamese
0: immigrants tend to have to do this to pay off debts. Absolutely. Well. I think I'd rather work in a grow house than be forced into prostitution.
1: You would, it'd take you forever to pay off your debts as a prostitute.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that, I think. Uh, so that is how you would manage it, with temporary workers. Um, during the season, when it's the harvest season, you might bring in additional workers, and chances are these people aren't on the up and up either. They're not your buddies. It's maybe illegal immigrants once again.
1: Right. And one of the reasons why you would not want this position is because, again, this is a very dangerous job to have. Um, even if this isn't your stuff, you have no idea what's going on, yeah. you just came into the country illegally, you're nervous about that to begin with. But mm-hmm. you're even more nervous because you are spending your first few months in an illegal grow house. Um, which is why, as we said, uh, most grow houses are not in the rural areas. They're in the suburbs. Here in Georgia, tons of them all Gwinnett over. County, yeah. They're always in Gwinnett, Henry. Mm-hmm. They're all over the place. Yeah. Um, and so you want your house to blend in in every way, shape, or form, right? And as Robert said, this can be, uh, th- this can include buying garden gnomes. Yeah, just to seem like a regular dude. Yeah. Um, you want to keep uh, the the um the flow of traffic. Yeah. To a minimum. Sure. But you don't want it to look like no one ever comes there because that's pretty suspicious as well. Yeah. You want to be friendly I imagine, but you don't want anybody to, be fr- to feel comfortable asking questions, personal yeah. questions, that kind of thing. You
0: don't black out your windows with t- aluminum foil. No you don't. Not that kind of thing. You want your grow rooms within the grow house to be like just like I said, within the house.
1: Right, and also there's, um, remember we talked about infrared cameras that cops use to bust grow houses because they could sense heat. Did we talk about that? We talked about this like in some other podcast uh, yeah. a while back. Remember I cracked sure. the case on it? Uh-huh. Um, th- so apparently one way to combat this in a grow house is a room within a room, right? So you, when you're sealing it off, you're not using your whole the whole room in the house you're allowing. You're basically setting up a room within a room to grow yeah. in, so that the the outside room mm-hmm. can kind of keep it cool. So, from a helicopter, when you're looking at a house, right, it doesn't look like it's putting out more heat than average, right? right. Or like, look, that that guy's clearly a, an illegal Vietnamese immigrant because he's sweating bullets in there, right? Exactly. Uh, that's that's the that's the level. It's of 100 accuracy. degrees in
0: their home, yet they're running their AC unit constantly. Right. Those silly people. So, Josh. You got a neighbor, they're pretty cool. They never cause you any problems. They're real quiet. They keep their yard nice and trim and their garden gnomes shiny. <laughs> what's, the, what's the problem then, if someone has got a grow house next door to you? Why wouldn't you want that?
1: Well, like, first and foremost, you don't want people coming to rob them. Okay. That's one thing. Remember we talked about the electrical grid.
0: So it could mess up your electrical system. Yeah, or pose a fire risk Mm -hmm. to your neighborhood, sure.
1: If you are in any way, shape, or form an environmentalist, um, the idea of somebody using six to seven times the average of a a normal single family residence uh, in electricity, you realize that that adds to a lot more pollution. Yeah. Um, And it also can add to it much more directly. Uh, In 2008 in Humboldt, there was an environmental disaster where a thousand gallons of diesel fuel spilled into a local creek, and it wow. was for it was from a generator really um, that was operating a grow house out in the sticks, out in the woods. Crazy. Um, and actually, as a result of that, Humboldt County has undertaken a public service announcement campaign for local growers, urging them to go gr- like to get greener in their practices because it's oh, really? really not an environmentally friendly means of cultivating plants indoors.
0: Well, dude, if it's going to happen anywhere, it's going to happen in Northern California, right? Because they are very green mm-hmm. and they love their weed. Another problem, Chuck, if I may. You may. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh,
1: in, in the with indoor growing, um, all the conditions needed to um, encourage an outbreak of black toxic mold oh, really? are all present. And apparently, uh, toxic mold outbreaks have been linked to grow houses, uh, and those actually drive up the homeowners' insurance of everybody in the area. Well, if sure. One house has. Black mold. Yeah, everybody's insurance goes up. So well, that's not good yeah, reason. and
0: that's the other thing too is chances are when you leave the grow house behind or when you're busted, it's probably not going to be some like great house left in good condition. It's probably right. ransacked and maybe water damaged or or heat damaged, and that's going to obviously bring down the property value in your neighborhood too. So most decidedly, that's another good reason.
1: But if your neighborhood already has low property values thanks to foreclosures and abandoned houses that have boarded up windows and doors, mm-hmm. you are basically living in an area that is absolutely perfect for grow houses. Yeah, One of the unintended or unexpected consequences of the current housing crisis in South Florida, grow houses in huge neighborhoods oh, that have yeah. abandoned and foreclosed houses, like really? Lehigh Acres, yeah. Cubans apparently are big into it down there.
0: Well, Florida's way into it. I, I was trying to find the, the biggest grow house that's ever been busted. And by the way, if you type into Google News search for the year 2010, grow houses, mm-hmm. you get 184 articles just on grow house busts this year Yeah, on Google News. They're all over the place. They are. But uh, the biggest one I found, and this may not be the biggest, but there was one in Lake County, Florida where there were 2,000 plants wow. in this home. Wow. And I remember there was one, I saw an article when I was working at my last job where this, I think it was in Tennessee, where they showed this dude's grow house, and he had in the in the basement rear of the house there was this hatch, and all of a sudden in this hatch was a you open the door and there was a you know a fifteen foot diameter tunnel that went like a hundred feet into this mountain, where there was more operations going <laughs> on. Like this dude tunneled into the side of a mountain. Oh my goodness. From his basement. Wow. And they busted him. Wow. And these are the, just the bust. I mean, imagine how many there are still operating. On a daily basis all around the country, well, that was another
1: thing too um the you, you talked about real estate prices being driven down by a busted grow house, yeah, prices can also go up yeah, sure. if especially if like a, an organization who's funding these things decides that they want to buy a dozen houses in yeah. a, sub, a a suburban area at once mm-hmm. you know in a small enough area that's going to really affect the the housing prices in that area and drive them up, yeah because it's it's reducing the supply of available homes, yeah pretty interesting stuff. I thought this whole thing was good. I thought so too. Uh, if you want to read this great article by Robert Lamb, you can type in "growhouses" on the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Again, 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 I cannot stress this enough. This podcast in no way, shape, or form represents any kind of endorsement of any illegal activity <laughs> whatsoever.
0: <laughs> yeah, people always ask us, you know, you should cover pot legalization or cover drugs in different ways, and... We've wanted to because it's really interesting and it's a part of the American fabric. Sure. You can't just ignore it and be like, what are you talking about? That's not interesting. But it's it's tricky for us, you know? Well, yeah. It's hard to talk about grow houses and explain how to do it without sounding like we're giving a tutorial on how to do it. But
1: the way I look at it, Chuck, is ultimately our goal or the goal of the site is to explain absolutely every aspect of the world. Yeah. Including ticks. One at a time. Including Route 66. Yeah. Including grow houses. And everything else in between. That's right. So, Chuck, what is it, uh, time for listener mail? Do we have it? Yep, I've got one today.
0: Let's do it. Josh, I'm going to call this uh, our best voodoo email. Dear Chuck and Josh, I just listened to your voodoo podcast and thought I had a fun story you might like. I was dating a guy back in 2007 who I thought was deeply religious. He had lots of statues all around his house, saint candles, and a very odd, quote, spice rack. Unquote. Mm. Around our third week together, I found out he practiced voodoo and was an actual bokor. Wow. Uh, Bokor are voodoo sorcerers. I think we pointed this out in the podcast. Uh As he told me, they served the loa with both hands and practiced both white and black magic. All the statues were for the voodoo rituals he performed and he could keep them out, uh, keep the bad spirits out and not worry about his very Catholic roommate who would also not stay around clearly. Even though he should have explained to him that there were a lot of syncretization of, of Catholicism and Voodoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not on good terms with my parents at the time. They were Mormons who work in the temple. Oh yeah, mom and dad. This guy. This is how I get back. And this you. is a guy too. So he is obviously gay as well. Okay. So He's he wow. probably not popular with his parents, no. his Mormon parents, I would think. As far as we can tell. As far as we can tell, they may have loved him being a gay guy dating a Voodoo bokor. This is
1: like CoA fest.
0: <laughs> So uh, anyway, the black magic practicing boyfriend was right up my alley at the time. This is from uh, Mal in Tri-Cities, Washington. And I actually confirmed that I could read this on the air because it's a little, you know, tricky. And he said, sure, because he was a big jerk. So go ahead and read it. (laughs) I was like, okay.
1: Thanks, Mal. That That was far and away the most interesting voodoo email that we got. Uh, and I'd also like to take this opportunity to apologize to everybody else who sent us voodoo emails.
0: Yeah, seriously.
1: Uh, if you want to send us an email about anything at all, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Just uh, wrap it up. Send it to stuffpodcast. At Wait, Chuck. We're
0: on Facebook. We got a killer Facebook presence. Yeah, thanks especially to you. Well, more than 15,000 fans now, yeah. which warms our hearts. Right. And people are active and commenting and sharing things, and it's exactly how I hoped it would be. Uh, We've got almost 6,000 followers on Twitter. You're killing the Twitter, my friend. Very funny funny
1: stuff. Uh, We have a blog, uh, Stuff You Should Know, on HowStuffWorks.com. Yeah. Great blog. And uh, we have a ton of other blogs on HowStuffWorks as well. Um, And we have a Kiva page. We are trying to make it to a quarter of a million dollars donated by the first anniversary of our inception. team's inception, yeah. which is October 6th, I believe.
0: Yeah, and big thanks to Glenn and Sonia who have sort of been running the mm-hmm. team for us.
1: And we just made it to the $200,000 loaned
0: mark. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so, so cool. if you
1: want to join, you can go to kiva.org. It's www.kiva.org slash team slash stuff you should know. And again, if you have an email you want to send us, wrap it up. Send it to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.